listening to Brett on the skateboarding show. I will uh, start this like I do every interview and ask you simply, please, may you introduce yourself? Sure, I'm Ralph Wayne from Molson in North Yorkshire. So, so people do skate north of Birmingham then? Like, like... <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a there's a whole scene above Birmingham, uh, and it goes right up even above where we are. But yeah, Yorkshire's got a pretty good skate scene, pretty solid. Yeah, no, I just digress because I'm aware that a lot of myself my stuff is very southwest centric. But yes, so whereabouts? So say that say again, roughly where you are in Yorkshire. Yeah, sure. So I'm in Moulton in North Yorkshire, which is between York and Scarborough. So I'm between the city and the coast, which is quite right. nice. Okay. A little while ago, you had a you had a concrete place put in Scarborough. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. We've got some really good parks around where we are. So we've got Harry Bob Skate Park, which is situated on the Marine Drive, which is the um, the sort of harbour area of scarborough and then in york you've got roundtrees park which is quite a well-known skate park and then you've got leeds as well which isn't far away either so you know we're surrounded by some good parks nice nice and uh, would you do you frequent those uh yeah I, I i like all the parks um i've just recently which you might have seen you might not have seen uh recently rebuilt and campaigned to save my home skate park in Moulton and Norton, which was in a bit of a state of a disrepair. Um, but we've totally transformed it. And now it's like one of the only wooden skate light parks in North Yorkshire. Um, and it's really cool because we've got a half pipe, obviously, but we've got a nice little mini ramp and a few nice little features, nice hover and a nice fun box, uh, vert wall and stuff. So, yeah, man, I try and get out to all the parks around where I am and, and uh, get stuck into the scenes because each each little town and city's got their own little scene and I just sort of flitter about them all because I'm in the middle. So right. <laughs> Yes, because, yeah, you were getting, you were sort of renovating and getting the money together to sort of rebuild the vert, the outdoor vert ramp there in Moulton, right? Yeah, that's right, Brett. So initially and originally we, we were campaigning to save the iconic vert ramp uh, because obviously that vert ramp's been there for it's been in Malton for twenty years, but it's quite on the scene. It's quite a well-known ramp because it used to tour about with Team Extreme. It was like a um, a display ramp that used to tour around the country, and then it landed in Malton about twenty years ago when the park opened. Uh, and since it opened, the council and people that maintained the facility never actually repaired it or restored it or even looked after it. So. After like a lot of wear and tear, it kind of was in a state of disrepair and it needed some love. So we kicked up a campaign to save it, which blew up internationally. And after a lot of to and fro in and a lot of fighting, we managed to get the funds, raise the funds and rebuild it. So it's a freshly laid, freestanding, free to use vert ramp now in North Yorkshire. And it's the only one in the north of England, which is awesome. Mm. <laughs> like, well, yeah, you want to, I mean, are you in, are you in talks with Sean Kelly to add that to the uh, Vert series? And, and yeah, we've, I think the Vert series are well aware of the Norton Malton Vert ramp and it would be great to get Sean and the guys to come along and do a heat or a series 
um, in Norton and Malton in the north. Hopefully this year, maybe next year. Who knows? It will be it will be a great addition, I think, to the Vert series, especially for those northern skaters. Mm. Yeah, get to see some of the northern powerhouse out there. And... Yeah, definitely. There's some, there's some, there's some quite young little rippers actually that are turning to Vert now, um, and they're all sort of situated around the north of England as well. So it's a great opportunity for them to come and get stuck in uh, without having to travel miles and miles and miles to go and compete and show off their skills if you know what I mean but I do, I do think it would be an awesome an, an awesome addition to the Vert series mm. just because one it's outside and two it's in the north of England and the, I don't I don't I don't know I don't know uh, the whole ins and outs but I don't believe that the actual Vert series has been that far north yet so it would be new ventures for the for the competition really well I know they go up to Blackpool I think that's Blackpool probably about yeah yeah they go yeah yeah, Blackpool's slightly below us in Lancashire, but it's it's mm. not far away. Um, but yeah, we're becoming a, we're going coast to coast. That'd mm. be awesome. Yeah, Newquay to Malton, <laughs> That's a that's a fair old spread. That would be a fair old spread. Yeah, it'd be really good. Mm. So, so, Ryan, how old are you? I'm 32, um, and I've been skateboarding since I was 12, so 20 years. Right, of so, skateboarding. So do you remember that? I mean, we'll, we'll move on for the vert ramp, but I'm just trying to give some context. So uh, did you say you were 32 and you've been skateboarding 20 years? Yeah, that's so right, you yeah. Were, so you were 12. So that vert ramp had just been put in there when you kind of started. Um, yeah, the, the vert ramp was there when the park opened. Right. Uh, it was basically what happened was a youth worker and a police officer from the town and the local area uh campaigned to get a skate park years ago um and then they finally got the permission to do it uh, uh and i don't think they really knew anything about skateboarding uh but they had a big budget which was you know back in the day uh, not every council wanted to spend that, that kind of money on skate parks and facilities so we were quite fortunate enough to have quite a big budget for the park and they just went to town on it. And I think what happened was they were offered that ramp at a certain price and they just said, yeah, we'll take it, not knowing what it was. Uh, and then it just appeared, this massive monument of, you know, um, skateboarding just, just appeared overnight and the, the rest of the ramps around it. There wasn't that much there when the park first opened. It was just literally the half pipe, a fun box. Uh, there was a couple of grind benches, uh, a rail, if I remember rightly, and a jump box, and that was it. <laughs> wow! You know, wow. So, yeah, yeah. it's come a long way since then. But uh, but that half pipe's always been there. You know, it's been the sort of crown jewel of the whole part, really. Um, and I remember using it when I was younger, being absolutely terrified of it being a smaller, younger teenager person, you know, looking up to this thing, thinking, wow, it's 12 foot high. I'm going to never going to be able to skate on that. <laughs> but with uh, a lot of practice, um, I'm, I'm back on the vert. I'm skating vert at the moment. I'm really... Oh, you, you broke up a bit there. I don't know if you... Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we're back. back. You're skating vert yeah. again at the moment and you... Yeah, I'm skating vert again. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, in fact, I feel more... I don't know whether it's an age thing or being mature or more sort of uh, emotionally... Um, what's the word? 
more emotionally aware and, 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 and things, but I do feel more daring now with her um, at an older age. Like I want to get stuck into it more uh, now to fall, you know, I've learned through experiences and, um, you know, and lots, lots of years of trying, it's kind of resulted in me now just enjoying the ramp for what it is and trying some new tricks, but knowing how to fall properly and, you know, and, and not hurting myself. And right. I think I think the thing with vert skating now, I think it's it's become bigger, and I do think a lot of the older skateboarders uh, maybe turning more to it, um, just just for more enjoyment factors, reminiscing maybe what they used to be able to do back in the day, and, and taking it up a level. And and obviously now the pads are a bit better, yeah. and the apparatus to be able to try and skate vert bowls, that kind of thing's a bit better. So it's more enjoyable in some respects. I was going to say, when you say you're learning to fall better, do you mean you're learning to get to your pads a bit better? Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, the, 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 you know, the, the, the technology now behind pads and things are a lot more, um, a lot more forgiving, especially on your knees and your arms. Um, and it's just easier to get to, you know. So. so you started from my calculations if you started 20 years ago you started around sort of 2002 2003 would you yeah that's right yeah would you describe yourself as a tony hawk pro skateboarder, skateboarder? Uh, yeah definitely i grew up on them computer games without, without shadow of a doubt they really fired me up and inspired me and, and more so the soundtrack really behind the games um totally took me into music um and that kind of culture but uh but yeah, I definitely grew up on the games. I grew up on all those stars that were part of the games and the franchise. Um, uh, and that's when skateboarding was exciting. I'm not saying it's not exciting now because it's it's a totally different um, it's a totally different thing now. Is skateboarding? It's 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 a commercial thing now. But back then, it was you know it it, it was evolving. You know, and it's, I'm not saying it's not evolving now because it's constantly evolving. But back then, it was sort of pioneering with new things you know such as mega ramps bigger vert ramps there was a whole raft of skateboarders mainly from across the atlantic that were sort of pioneering with new tricks and and taking it up to new heights in a lot of in a lot of different ways so uh yeah it was an incredibly exciting time for skateboarding from my um, from my memory of that time because 2002 Ten years previously, we had had a big sort of jump in the in the technical side of skateboarding. Yeah, people had yep, started definitely. bringing in, you know, the the freestylers were having their time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I remember seeing, I think, I think it was Cheese and Crackers, uh, the almost video with Day One Song and Chris Haslam on this mini ramp. Um, well, yeah, that was a little bit I, I, later, but but like that yeah, two thousand and two era was just when people were beginning to mix thank thankfully well they were a little bit into the idea of mixing power and technicality so for the yeah, first oh, time definitely, definitely, we, were, we yeah. were seeing technical tricks popped high and popped well uh, and the idea of catching them was really important as opposed to just letting them roll over the ground when you do you know granted that was a little you know <laughs> Sort of ninety three, ninety four. Your kick flips were sort of skimming the ground by two thousand. Yeah, P rollers rolling yeah. across the ground. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I think I think there was a whole um, whole energy of, of people wanting to take tricks bigger and better mm. um, for sure. You know, and like you say, these 
became important. You know, landing tricks with style and precision became a thing. Yeah. Um, and, and if you look at where skating is now, that is the go-to thing, you know, like, and it's, it's a standard. I, yeah. yeah, of course it is. And I also think with a lot of professional skaters, it kind of defines their character really you know it kind of mm. defines who they are as a skater and, well, the, and the, the question is always the cause and effect you know does it define course, who they yeah. are or does who they are define their skateboarding yeah yeah definitely definitely quite, yeah that's it's always an indicator you know like if i don't know someone i can sit back and watch at a skate park and just watch them do a few tricks and it's kind of like i think i might have a rough idea about what's going to happen when I come over and meet you now and like sort of roughly the sort of person that you may, you know, I don't always get it right. And, and I try not to let that prejudge, uh, my observation, you know, I try to be open to the observation, but it's amazing how much you can take a good guess at what somebody's like by watching them do a few tricks. Like, okay. Yeah, I I agree with that. Totally. I think you can also sort of prejudge their mindset as well. Mm. Like some skaters skate with hesitance and some just literally throw themselves at anything mm. and don't think about the consequences at the right. time, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they pay the price after. <laughs> I've been in them situations many a times in the past, especially when I've rooked up to events or competitions and the, you, you know, the, the, uh, the, you're in the moment and you literally just go in all guns blazing, not thinking about what you're going to do or, or the line you're going to do. And you just, literally throwing it down um and then you're on a roll and then you get a little bit complacent and a little bit laid back and then that's when accidents happen so i can speak from uh speak from from first-hand experience experience. yeah Yeah, first-hand experience about that i just want to i just want to briefly touch on because i mean so so it's 2002 you're you're sort of 12 years old how popular was skateboarding up there at that point or in your years i mean i don't just mean up there i mean because it's different from city to city, I get that. But your geographical area, your culture, your people that you were... Were you the only skateboarder in your school or was there loads of you or what What was going on? No, I wasn't the only skateboarder um, in in my town. There was, there was a generational shift of, of skateboarders. So right. what happened was there was a, a core group that maybe were the sort of the first to do skateboarding in the town. Uh, that, that'll have been in the mid-90s, 96 upwards, because um, they were a little bit older than me then. They were they were five, six, seven years older than me um, when I started skateboarding. But basically, they used to skate around the streets and car parks and stuff. And that's the reason, main reason why the skate park was built, because they were causing like what, what was classed as, we know it's not, but it's classed as antisocial mm. behaviour uh, to people that don't know the, the culture. And basically making lots of noise and grinding curbs and ledges and rails and things uh, uh, in, a, in a supermarket car park. So uh, that was the main reason the council put the skate park in. And when they actually put the skate park in, a lot of them skaters that were skating the street stuff and skating the car parks back in the day stopped skating, which I found, which I found to be a little bit bizarre because, like, you know, they've been skating for years and years and years and now they've finally got a facility to go and, you know, take the skills up a level. They, they don't use it. So uh, so what happened was there was a load of youngsters that started skateboarding. I found skateboarding through a guy called Lucas Pettit, 
who uh, who used to skate in York quite a lot because his family used to go to church and stuff there. Um, and he got me into skateboarding down his street. His dad built like a kicker ramp and we used to skate that quite a lot. And then we used to head to the park maybe twice a week. And obviously on Saturdays and weekends and things when we were at school, we used to skate quite a lot, you know, and just watch other people either skate or ride the BMX or use the ramps and then sort of, you know, grasp a feel for it that way. Now, now you're a bit older, you figured out what happened though, didn't you? Because those people, those ones that you were describing that were five or six years older than you, yeah, suddenly became teenagers and found sex, drugs and rock and roll. That is totally it, you know, <laughs> that is totally it. Um, but unfortunately, through my teen years, I, 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 uh, I went the other way and, and went more into the skateboarding yeah. instead of, you know, there was girls interested in me and I could have gone to parties and I could have done whatever. But instead, I chose skateboarding um, and, and I was more focused on my skateboard and my artistic sort of lifestyle that I've got and that I live now, obviously, um, back then even. So, yeah, I kind of missed the whole teenage sex, drugs and rock and roll thing when I was sort of 16 upwards. But I, I don't know, like skateboarding's always been a massive part of my life, even from being a 12 year old. Yeah, I can't remember everything, but I've got vague memories and I always loved it back then, even I wasn't very good at it when I first started, obviously. I still loved what it stood for, what it was about. Um, I just liked the way that I was basically from a council estate, um, just a normal working class lad. Uh, but I was accommodated by lots of different people. You know, there was all different mindsets and different people and different classes, different walks of life. But we're all drawn together through one thing, and that was action sports. So I just like the way that it just opened its doors up for, for me and, and, and sort of welcomed me in, you know what I mean? And you said that you liked what it stood for and what it stands yeah. for. What does skateboarding stand for for you? Well, for me personally, this is my opinion and it's a personal opinion, but for me, skateboarding is about togetherness in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's an individual sport and you can do it on your own. You don't necessarily need anybody to you know, to do it. But at the same time, when you are doing it, um, you travel to new places, you learn new things, you listen to new people, you meet new people. Yeah, I mean, it's taken me to some amazing countries around the world, you know, like places that I never thought I would ever go to. So, you know, it's a cultural experience as well as a sport, in my opinion. And I think some people forget that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So... A cultural experience. I like that. Yeah, it's good, man. It's like, I don't know, I always see it as like a, well, it's, just, it's, just, it's an incredibly social thing. Even if, even if you're not a very social, say if you're a, an introvert, a, I'm a very extroverted person, but it, it accommodates extroverts and introverts, and there's not many things that do that, do you know what I mean? But, but skateboarding can, it can be anything you want it to be, really. That's the beautiful thing about skateboarding. And you can do it at any time, you know. You don't have to be a certain age to do it. You can pick up a skateboard from, you know, being a toddler upwards. So mm. there's there's no right or wrong time to, to start skateboarding or learn skateboarding or understand skateboarding. 
So then, and we're going to make a bit of a jump now because there is a bit of a jump. I mean, obviously, you continued. You explained a little bit about you continued skateboarding. I take it you you just continued at school as per your usual. Did you did you do university and college and all that sort of gear? Or? Yeah, I went to college. Um, still skateboarded through college. I never stopped skateboarding. Um, skateboarding stuck with me, and I the first few years of skateboarding were incredibly difficult. Uh, I was I was confused to whether I was Goofy or regular or Mongo Switch. I didn't know what I was. I didn't really know what I felt comfortable doing. Um, I learned a load of tricks um, in fakie, which I thought was fakie, but it was nolly because I was skating with the wrong feet. And, yeah, you know, it was all a bit confusing. But the more effort I put in, the more I wanted to learn. And the more I wanted to learn, the more knowledge I got about skateboarding. So when it, when it started to click and I understood the sort of fundamentals of skateboarding, it started to get exciting because I was developing and I learned rather quickly. It all seemed to happen very suddenly. I got good really quickly, if that makes sense. Right. Um, yep. Like uh, 50, I, I wasn't particularly great up until the age of 16. And then when I got to 16 and left school, started college, um, I sort of changed my style of skateboarding a lot. I started skating a lot more transition, uh, getting a lot more daring with tricks. Um, just, just, just try new things. But I would sit and watch certain skateboarders and be like, and, and try and master how they would set up a trick and, and catch a trick, and most importantly, land a trick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I did a lot. I did a lot of research. Um, they went to college, studied performing arts at college, um, and skated throughout the whole like holiday thing, you know, like the summer holidays and and all that um, term holidays. And then at seventeen, uh, started getting quite good. Started going to competitions. Started taking it up and out of the town, out of the area. Started going and supporting events that were happening. I think it was the UKSA back then, the UK Skateboarding Association, and. And they're like Nick Powley and them guys, you know, they used to do events, they used to come to the works, they used to go and skate the works quite a lot in Leeds. Um, and there'd always be something happening, maybe, you know, in the summer. So I'd always get try and get stuck into that. And then things started happening, you know, started, you know, started winning prizes, getting noticed. And then I started filming for a section uh, and I put a bit of pressure on myself and slipped out and dislocated my shoulder which put me out of skateboarding for eight years properly. Wow. There was a bit of a hiatus there. Yeah, yeah. So I was aged 20 then. So it was a real, real blow for me that because, um, because I was getting to a stage where not only was he enjoying the skateboarding most importantly, but I was getting to a stage where maybe it could have, gone somewhere in a different direction i don't know it could have led to a spot big sponsorship deal or it could have led to me working more in action sports whether it was broadcasting or you know doing something around skateboarding but because of that injury it kind of just put me off the whole thing and um i don't know I, back then i wasn't as um emotionally intelligent as I am now so I didn't know what to do with my feelings or how I was feeling about it and um, my answer to that was to focus on something else which I did and I sort of left skateboarding behind for a little bit but um, then I had a family I've got what, sorry what, what did you focus on 
uh, focus more on the. I've always done like a bit of comedy. Um, I've always done lots of presenting and lots of DJing and music and stuff. So kind of focus more on that entertainment thing that I had going on. Um, went to work as like a red coat and stuff. Went down that route right. in like entertainment. Um, but you know what? I I was doing really well in that and and su- succeeding in that. But I was always thinking about skateboarding wherever i went it, it was always on my mind like you know when sidewalk was around I would always be looking at sidewalk or looking at my phone or looking at whatever on the internet to see whoever's up to what and you know i was trying to keep up to date with what was going on in the scene or what was happening in skateboarding and you know it's something that's never left me maybe at that present time i wasn't particularly um, feeling as confident as I should have been with skateboarding, hence why I didn't continue doing it. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised after an injury like that. That makes that makes total but, sense. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I just was always interested in it, and it's never left me. Even now, to this to this day, it's, it's still with me, and it probably will always be with me until I die. I think you're listening to the skateboarding show. And did you? <laughs> and did you just? Did you say then also, just as I interrupted you, that? you had or you have a family yeah i've got a family i've got identical twin daughters and right. funnily enough they both skateboard now which obviously i've influenced a little bit but i'm not on these pushy parents you know like uh I, they've seen me obviously skate and they've seen videos of me skate uh and they've always obviously they knew about what i've done at the skate park and stuff so they've been asking for skateboards for presents for the birthday so i got on a skateboard a couple of years ago and they've absolutely taken to it and they really love it so um which is nice to see you know so i i'm i'm sort of teaching them now which is a bit surreal but um so so again using some quick maths if you were sort of 20 and then you took an eight an eight year hiatus yeah sort of in the last four years or so that you've you've picked up your board again and got started again would that be correct yeah okay. and obviously this you've probably heard this in interviews and and you've heard this from many people not just with skateboarding but with many of things you know with nostalgia and reminiscence um the lockdown you know the the, the um right. the pandemic definitely did things to many people um and and skateboarding came back into my life in a very difficult time for for everybody and um and obviously, with it being an independent sport, you didn't necessarily need to rely upon anybody to go and do it. And you weren't getting into trouble for doing it, most importantly. Mm. Um, so, yes, yeah, skateboarding came back into my life uh, and literally picked up a board. Didn't overthink it, overanalyze it. I just thought, right, I wasn't doing it to necessarily even get good. I was doing it just to keep fit. And because I forgot what that feeling of excitement you can have from picking up your skateboard and going out on it so it was nice to sort of rekindle that and uh and i just i just loved it you know it was good great summer for it yeah right yeah yeah so that so now we're coming a little bit up to the more modern day and and you've got you've it sounds like you've got a quite exciting thing coming up let us know about about what you're doing because i'm this this sounds quite interesting yeah, so we're we're back up to skating now. Obviously, I rebuilt the skate park with Pete King, King Ramps. Um, big shout out to Pete because I work quite a lot with Pete, and I'm going to be working with Pete this year, uh, emceeing quite a few events and building some new parks across the country. But um, at, at the same time, we rebuilt the park, we saved the half pipe, um, 
and I'm just happy to be back in the scene of action sports. But this year I'm going for something which is probably the biggest challenge of my entire life in terms of athleticism because I've always wanted to do something which is pretty groundbreaking for skateboarding. Um, but I also do a lot for other people and charities and, and the community. So it's a win-win really, either way I look at it, because I'm going for a Guinness World Record in skateboarding and it's going to be for the farthest distance travelled on a skateboard, which currently sits in the USA and has done for best part of nine years to a skateboarder called Andrew Andras, who skateboarded 274 miles at the Miami Speedway in Florida. Um, I believe that this record has never been attempted in the UK before, so it's a brand new thing for Great Britain. Um, and there is an unofficial record as well. I can't. I, I want to hope I get this guy's name right. I think he's called Joe Mazzone, and I believe that he skateboarded just around 300 miles, but wow. it was never recorded through Guinness. So I'm aiming to break the Guinness World Record as it stands, which is 274 miles, but I'm hoping to exceed the unofficial record as well. So there'll be no arguments or any yeah. petty nonsense, and I can say, look, guys, that's done do you know what i mean so um, you're not expecting this... you're not expecting like a documentary about this in five years time with somebody <laughs> about like which one was the furthest um, and what's going on and who was document let's not let's not talk about who skated furthest and who did what no okay. i mean at the end of the day <laughs> i i don't know the whole ins and outs to why they did their um their accolades which both accolades are amazing you mm, know the, the yeah, achievements yeah. are amazing and i fully you know, fully support what they've done. And I think it's fantastic for skateboarding. But um, but I'm doing it for a charity. I'm doing it for mine because I think right. mental health is so important and it's a big thing in the skateboarding scene, but it's a massive thing, you know, worldwide. Mm. Um, and it's not even just about raising money. It's also about raising awareness as well, which is, in my opinion, uh, even more valuable in some respects than just raising money because if you could get somebody expressing how they're feeling or recognizing symptoms of mental health not just in themselves but in somebody else then that's how things are going to progress and things are going to get better so if we could get people talking about mental health and their mental state and that's what we intend to do um as well so we're doing that for mind uk um all the proceeds will go directly to their charity uh, is under a sponsored thing. I've got a Just Giving page. I am going back to the old school a little bit, Adar Brett. I'm going to um, print off some, you know, sponsor forms and go around people's businesses and things. And just if you don't ask, you don't get. No, do you? And, absolutely. And, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really, I really am deadly serious about this. Um, training very hard at the moment. You know, I've dropped a stone in weight. I'm going to drop another stone, get down to 11, 12 stone um get really fit really strong uh, there's a lot of repetition involved with this so it's not just about being physically fit it's also about being mentally fit as well mm. mentally strong and prepared because i believe we've calculated that it's um i think it's 165 laps of a five mile course that i've got to do yeah in less than 24 hours which is you know is, is quite a lot and um but I'm trying not to think statistically here. I think you can overthink things and overanalyze things. And if I'm in that mindset on the day and I'm focused, when I'm focused and dangerous, you know, so I just need to be focused and 
and fit and and just stick to what I'm doing at the moment. So that's so you chose mind. I mean, I've often wondered about the ratio of tortured geniuses in mm. skateboarding compared to like everyday life. If you if you were to does our ratio of people that would come under that title is it the same as everyday life or is it because i get this feeling that we've got a kind of a couple more probably in skateboarding than there is in the everyday circles of 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 people and the everyday ratio of people you know um i'm not going to name any names people who have been in skateboarding long enough could could take a guess and probably know their own people in their own scenes that aren't even famous that are verging on the edge of either suffering from mental health issues or are torture geniuses or are both or there's some other thing going on. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think I think there's something else that you've missed there, which has probably been misunderstood, you mm. know, been misunderstood as a human being and as a person and even as a skateboarder, you know. I think I think there's a lot of prejudgment with people. Um, not I always say that you know, you shouldn't really judge how somebody treats you necessarily because you don't always know what kind of a mental state that they're in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's easy to sort of sit back and be offended or sit back and, and be like, oh, I'm not speaking to you anymore because whatever. But at the same time, you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors with people. Some people are good at expressing themselves and some people aren't. And some people, you know, find that difficult. So I totally understand that uh, i think mind in general as, a, as an organization last year they had over one hundred and twenty-eight thousand calls you know what i mean just just asking about mental health and um you know asking for some support so this is a um that's like that's, you know, like, this... that's just over ten thousand calls a month isn't it i mean geez, yeah, yeah, that... yeah that's ten thousand that's just for their help, helpline as well uh, I believe that over 21 million people accessed information. Uh, I think it was between wow. 2021 and 2022 with mine statistically, which is a staggering amount mm. of people when you think about the UK population. I think what we've got 70 odd million people in this country. Mm. So it's nearly a quarter of the UK which are suffering with mental health problems or disorders or trying to find that information to try and help somebody else that's enduring one. So, you know, the statistics are staggering. It's talked about everywhere, but nothing seems to be getting done about it, you know, and, and it's such a shame, you know, the, 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 the real groundbreaking stuff will come when people start accepting it. You know, that, that's 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 the key with all of this, I think. I still don't think it's socially accepted as, as much as it should be. Yeah, so like you say, it's not only the financial side of it, but it's the, the awareness side of it that you're looking to sort of address yeah yeah definitely out. something that i feel very passionately about um you know i'm very i'm an empathetic person so I'm, i like to sit and listen as well as talk as i can talk for england but um I, I i do like to sit and listen to people's stories and and some stories that you hear really touch me and, and it's like you know we, i always put myself in their shoes and their situations and think you know i'd hate to be in that and how can i help you you know i feel that sort of passion and that compassion to, to, to want to make that difference not everybody does, and that's fine, you know. But at the end of the day, all it takes is just a little bit of thought, really. And and you know, if you're willing to help somebody, you'll, you'll do anything. And as you've rightly said, there, there's there's a lot of this going on in skateboarding, I think. Um, you know, and uh, and there's also a lot of goodness as well. Like there's a lot of groups that are emerging now, which are very diverse, very multicultural. Um, 
and, and open to everybody in the scene and, and that they really focus around mental health you know to get together they have a skate and they have a talk and and that's good and, and there needs to be more groups like that i think uh, slightly sort of um i don't know i was gonna say ironic but i don't think it is because uh, you've touched on the on the on the sort of interesting connection between those two things you're you're going to be performing an act to raise money for for mind as a <clears throat> as an activity and and that act is going to require not only a physical exertion but quite a mental one as well like you say 160 yeah that, is, that is quite ironic yeah because it's going to be a lot of mental torture mm. for me i think yeah uh, but i'm trying not to think of it like that i'm thinking it as mental exercise which right. um you know it i have adhd and it and some people know that and some people don't know that but for those listening i've got adhd and i'm you know it's is what it is i'm not you know i don't see it as a weakness sometimes i see it as a strength um can help me with a lot of things but at the same time it can also cause me a lot of problems so it's best friend worst enemy kind of mm. situation but but at the same time like i i i think this will exercise my mental strength you know, you know, and I always say, if you can persevere and and get through things, then you, you know you, you're sort of ready. You're already on the way to recovery in a lot of respects. You know, it's about being able to sort of build up that resilience and persevere throughout the dark times. Not everybody can do that. You know, it takes a lot, of, a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of experience to go through. I think to be able to do that, but. But yeah, no, I'm 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 more than confident about this challenge. I I do think that it is achievable. I wouldn't have put myself forward for the job if I didn't think it was achievable. Um, I mean, look at Eddie the Eagle, man. I could be like a <laughs> an Eddie the Eagle figure of skateboarding here. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> um, did you say did you did you say you, you're going to do it within a certain time frame? Yeah. So the the adjudicator. Um, and timekeeper, it has to be done. There's some strict rules. I'll, I'll go into the, the nitty gritty. So there's some strict rules. Uh, it has to be done within 24 hours. That's the record broken within 24 hours. So I have to exceed 274 miles in 24 hours. Uh, I'm, I can stop. So if I needed to use the toilet or get a drink or something, I can stop. But I'm not allowed to, the board isn't allowed to leave the ground. So I have to leave the board on the floor in the place that I stopped. Then the watch will stop. Um, and then I'll resume from where I left off. Jeez, does that mean uh, you can't ollie over? Like, are they yeah, that... there's no tricks. The board cannot leave the floor. The oh, board has to stay on the floor all times. Uh, if I fall, it's over. So really? there's a lot of pressure there as well. That there's more than this to, than meets the eye. That's uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of pressure, yeah. Uh, a lot of control, a lot of stamina involved, as well as athleticism. So it is quite a big challenge. You know, it's not like one of these, like you see on Guinness World Records where they're doing so many, water, chopping up so many watermelons in 60 seconds. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that isn't a difficult thing to do and it doesn't require skill, because it does. But it's sixty seconds. Yeah. What I'm doing is a full day, you know. And are you going to skate? 24. Are you going to skate for those whole twenty four? Are you like skating all the way through the night and into the morning and then into the next day? The possibilities are endless, and then I've sat and thought about this many a times, like over the last sort of eight weeks that since I've announced doing this, um, how I'm going to do it. I still haven't come up with a strategy to how I'm going to do it yet. Uh, there's a few ways in mind that I've got which could work. 
Uh, I do kind of maybe want to go in all guns blazing at the beginning, try and get get in them, you know, the strong miles at the beginning, um, and then sort of decline a little bit halfway through, and then pick it up, pick up the pace towards the end. So do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we'll go in strong and then level it out a little bit and then finish off on a high. But I, I don't know. I don't think there's any right or wrong way of doing this. You know, I, I think it's either going to happen or it isn't. So, but either way, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I still have, have you raised money and awareness for mine. So that for me is a you know it's a triumph either way. Because now you've got me thinking about this. But just briefly, then. So, have you figured out what pace you're going to have to keep? I haven't even thought about that yet. No. Um, but I, 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 I'll tell you briefly. In 2012, shortly after my um, after my injury, I picked up the skateboard once and I did a charity challenge for a, a friend and a, a girl who lived in my town in memory of her to commemorate her because she died of a brain tumour. And I did a challenge to raise money for her charity, a foundation that she'd set up called uh, Luby's Lifeline, which raised money for brain tumour research. And I skateboarded from Moulton to Scarborough, which is the equivalent of 56 miles there and back. And I did that in less than four hours. So that that was unofficial. It wasn't a Guinness World Record or anything because it wasn't recorded then. And we didn't have access to like the media or social media or we didn't have you know computers like we've obviously got computers but we didn't have like technology like we've got now so it was more difficult to record those things then so i um i still did it anyway because i wasn't really bothered about you know being a record holder or anything like that i just wanted to raise money and awareness for her charity and keep her legacy going really so i did that in less than four hours so if i can statistically if i can do that now in 2023 in may then there is a really high chance that i could smash this this record because well that out so that's four hours 56 miles yeah four eight sixteen yeah. Even 20, so 20 hours would be five lots of, let's call it 50 miles. So 100, 200, 350. You might even get 350 miles. I could even rack up 350 miles. Oh, which no, would, hang on, which would... hang on. 100, 200, that's 250. So 250, sorry, in 20 hours. In 20 hours. So that gives me another four hours to rack up another, you know, to get to another the 300. 50. Yeah, to get to the 300, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you might so have to go. Achi- it is might, achievable. It's achievable, but it sounds like you might have to go like, you know, start twelve o'clock on one day and not finish till twelve o'clock the next day. Sounds yeah, like exactly. Another thing as well, hours. which I must throw in the mix here, is that especially for the listeners, is that the other two guys that have attempted this and done this, most importantly. They use big, massive longboards with huge, I'm talking like 90 millimeter wheels. Do you know what I mean? Wow, okay. I was right. going to ask about I'm, what kit you're going to Yeah, do. I'm glad that you're asking. Um, so I'm proposing and planning on doing this on a pretty standard part board, you know, eight, five, nine inch. Um, Just a standard skateboard yet, that you'd normally go and use down the skate park. Yeah, yeah, I'm planning on doing yeah. it on a, because on a, that's, that's what I feel most comfortable on. Right. I've had a go on cruises before. I've had a go on longboards. I've had a go on mountain boards, 
part boards for me is what I feel most comfortable on. Um, and I probably will be using some bigger wheels than the 58 millimeters that I've currently got on. Um, but in terms of trucks and all that sort of thing, I'm just going to stick to what I've, what I've got on at the moment, which is my Indies, you know. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, definitely. Part board. Have you got Indies. a? Have you got a date planned? Eighth of May, 2023. Right. Okay. Yeah, Bank Holiday Monday. It's going to be amazing. Like I do, I, I'm trying to like in, within the skate scene as well. Everybody's welcome. Uh, it's at Elvington Airfield in North Yorkshire. And it's now a supercar track, so it's like an airfield and supercar track. I am proposing that it's becoming more of an event than just a challenge. So I'd like as many spectators there as possible. But I'm going to put on some music, some food, a DJ, uh, and just just make it a real yeah. event of togetherness. Really, like trying to make a big difference and a big positive change for mental health and uh, and for the charity. So. Yeah, I think, and not just that. I think that would just give me a little bit more of a momentum. Yeah, you know, if there's people there that I really care about or whatever, then come on, you know, <laughs> challenges on. Well, I, I I sincerely wish the best of luck to you. Where's what? Where can we find out more details about this? I know you've got the Just Giving page, so give us details about that. But so yeah, so I've got a just giving yeah. page. Uh, it's it's the link of that is on my Instagram at the moment, which is official Ryan Swain. Um, on Facebook as well, it's going to be a lot of things going up on my Ryan Swain official Facebook uh, and TikTok too. I've started doing TikTok. Um, I'm, I'm basically at the moment, obviously, I've just been given a today as, as of today, weirdly, being given and gifted a free gym membership pass from Everyone Active, which run a load of gyms and swimming facilities in the uk and we've got one in our town and they've given me a free year's gym pass to go and train wow. so i'm going to be documenting all of my training and, yeah. and what i'm eating and, and basically making it into a journey that everybody can sort of follow and and you know it might even inspire other people to, to do it and be more proactive and make a positive change i don't know that's what i'm all about really but um but yeah man so all over social media and obviously, the mainstream media will be getting involved closer to the time, but that's all I can say about that at the moment. So, well, let's. Um, well, okay. So you're in, so you're doing this in May. We're in January now. Let's yeah. let's hook up again in March. I want to hear about what you're doing and how you're doing it and where you're up to and what. Um, and so, so let's 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 give you some accountability. You said so. You've already lost one stone, and you're planning to lose another. Yeah, yeah. So I'm currently weighing at, weighing at about, oh, well, I was weighing in at nearly 13 and a half stone, but I've dropped a stone. Right. So I want to get down to 11 just to be on that sort of fitness side of things, really. Again, do you have a, plan, that, do you have a plan for that? or? Yeah, at the, so at the moment, we're actually piecing together a proper structural right. sort of fitness regime, fitness plan, uh, and diet plan as well, which is which is also important. I think a lot of people think just because you're hitting the gym and being really proactive, yeah, no, that you don't necessarily eat. have to yeah. eat eat as well. Do you know what I mean? Which is you know, which is nonsense. Um, yeah. So I am being very disciplined with that. Um, trying to eat as much fruit, much veg as I can, getting the protein. Um, drinking lots of water as well, which is quite important. Um, but but yeah, no, I'm definitely 100% serious about this, and 
Um, and, and you know what? I think it'd be a great thing for skateboarding, not just for myself, but for the whole scene. You know, to yeah. sort of say, look, we, you know, we've brought a world record back in skateboarding, but not just for you know some novelty thing for for something which is quite serious. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think it'd be an awesome thing to to have and and. Why not? Why not? Why can't the UK have it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Why is it always the US? We should, we should be we should be doing more. So, well, with that so, in yeah. mind, go on. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I just want to say uh, briefly a, a big shout out to everyone at Skateboard GB for supporting me with this. Now, um, a big shout out to everyone active for the free gym membership today. Um, big shout out to you guys for supporting me and. Big shout out to anybody else who wants to be involved, really. Um, feel free to get in touch with me directly. The more, the merrier. That's what I say that can come on this journey with me. I think it'd be an amazing thing to be a part of. And hopefully we can bring a new world record back to the UK in skateboarding. Yeah. Well, OK, so people can get hold of you on the Instagram that you've mentioned, official Ryan Swain. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, uh, and on your Facebook. Yeah. And TikTok, that, that's all the same handle. So you'll right. find me at Official Ryan Swain on all three of those Brilliant. social media pages. Okay. And if anyone's got any way in which they can help or they want to come and support you or they want to get involved, all they've got to do is contact you, yeah? Yeah, straight away. Beautiful. I, you know, yeah. And I'd be, uh, I'd be, it'd be hugely appreciated. So. And I really want us to check back in again, sort of March, maybe end of March, uh, and see where you're at then. Yeah, that'd be awesome, Brett. I'm going to where you are obviously now. take lots of videos and lots of pictures, so yeah. there'll be lots of content that I can send you and show you as well. So, um, and you can show your viewers and listeners as well. And, and I, I don't know, it's going to be a, a real journey. And, and yeah. like I say, if this inspires just even just one person, then my job is done. Yeah, I mean, if it inspires or helps at least one person, my job's done. That's what I'm all about. So let's let's do this. You know, I'm I'm more than ready to do it. The thing is, is that I wanted to do this many years ago, and obviously, due to confidence and my injury and everything that was happening at that period of time, there was n there was never really a real good time to do this. But now everything seems to have shifted. I've fixed the skate park, got two beautiful daughters, my job's going okay. Most importantly, I'm feeling okay and I'm feeling good. So I feel like it's now or never, and this is my chance to do something big for the skateboarding community so time to get amongst it, is... it pardon time to get amongst it yeah it's time it's time to roll up the sleeves yeah. and get scogging man and, and get get stuck into that that skateboard and yeah if, if i'm going in with 80 millimeter wheels i guarantee there'll be 70 by the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, Ryan, yeah, I'm man. really, really stoked for you and really pleased for you. Bloody good for you, man. Bloody good for you. Thanks, man. Thank you. I really appreciate your support. That's really good. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap this up. And like I say, let's um, let's let's get amongst it again in March and see where you're at and see where you're, how your program of development's going and and where you're at with it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Thank you, Ryan. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the skateboarding show, you dance breeds, you dance breeds, you dance breeds, you dance breeds.